welcome to the Vineyard Boise Sunday Message Podcast. You can join us live on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on Facebook, YouTube, and vineyardboise.org slash live. Subscribe to our message podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And if you'd like to support Vineyard Boise, you can give online at vineyardboise.org slash give. Today's message is brought to you by Pastor Trevor Estes. Enjoy. Like I said, last Sunday, God was doing some amazing things. He has been doing some amazing things. And we just are excited about what he's doing. We're excited to see what else is to come. One of the ways that, God's, that God moves is through dreams. We believe that he actually will give somebody a dream to communicate. And there's lots of purposes behind that. But we believe that he does that. And we're actually experiencing that ourselves as a church community. So what I want to do now is just, I'm gonna, we're going to play a video from Karen King. She actually leads our prayer ministry team. And last Sunday, or actually I guess it was last Saturday night, right before she woke up for Sunday morning, she had a really powerful dream. So I want to share that with you guys. And then Trevor's going to take it from there. Hi, this is Karen King. I've been asked to share with you a dream that I had early in the morning on July 4th. Um, In the dream, the church service was just powerful and and included groups of youth speaking in power, lots of people literally moving about the sanctuary. And I realized in the dream that the church was filling with people, all walks of life, full families, young adults with long hair, speaking prophecy and prayer. It was so cool. And there was a gathering of people in prayer on the right side of the sanctuary that was a big part of what was happening. As I was leaving the church in the in the dream, I knew that something monumental had just taken place that would change our church forever. In the dream, the power and presence of the Holy Spirit was just incredible, really overwhelming. And when I woke up, that power and presence was still there, just as real and incredible as it was in the dream. So when I asked God about it and heard that I heard that there's a change about to happen, the service the morning of July 4th will release something new in the church, an overwhelming presence and power of the Holy Spirit in young and old, people moving in the Holy Spirit in new ways and in new freedom, new people coming in as the church fills up, a new church launched. And that is exciting news, and God is good. Karen's currently in Montana which is why she recorded that for us on video. Um, but you know, last time, so, so as Jesse shared, uh, Karen had that dream last Saturday night. Sunday morning she came in, and we have a time of pre-service worship and prayer in the auditorium over here right off of the office lobby, which actually we meet there Sunday through Thursday, five days a week at 9 o'clock, and you're always welcome to join us for just an open house time of worship and prayer. It's been really rich. And... Um, and so anyway, Karen shared that that morning. She shared, here's, here was this, this dream vision I had during the night, and here's what God spoke to me. And so then the team just kind of prayed into that. I wasn't there for that. I, I had come in here to do a mic check, and I ended up spending some time in conversation and in prayer with somebody. And so I, I missed that part of the, of the pre-service prayer. And so I didn't hear that. Uh, and I wasn't in the loop on that. But you know, as, as Jesse shared last week, we had just had a powerful time of ministry as the morning ended. And like it went later than, you know, than typically we go just because uh, God was just doing some things and we didn't want to interrupt it. 
But there was this, there was this group of, of young people that were right down here, and, and they, were, uh, they were receiving prayer. They were praying for others, people I had never seen before. And it was like it stood out to me. And, you know, I talked to Jesse about this later, and he said when, when Karen first shared that, that dream with us, she said, you know, he, he, she shared it, and he, and he thought to himself, well, you know, our kids, you know, because the emphasis was there was going to be these young people that came, and, and they were a big, that was a big part of the dream that stood out to her is that there was young people here that were engaged in this ministry time and, and prayer and, and prophetic kind of gifting. And, um, and Jesse thought, well, you know, our, our kids are in the chapel, and our, we dismissed the youth to go to the, the youth garage after worship, and so, you know, and we don't have a whole lot of Gen Z here usually, and so, like, you know, I wonder what that's about. But they were here. And so, so, uh, I got it. so I was involved in praying with other people that morning, and, and, but there was these three young people who were just waiting for me to talk. And so they waited until I was done with praying for people, and they said, hey, can we just talk for a minute? Do you have a minute? And I said, sure. And so they introduced themselves. And meanwhile, two of the other part of the team started, were up here meeting with Pastor Jesse. And as it turns out, they're a traveling group of, of teens. That, well, not teens. They were, well, maybe some of them are teens. The oldest in the group was 22 years old. And I'll, here, I'll put a picture of them here. This is, uh, they're, from a, they're from a ministry called Every Heart. Okay? And they, didn't, they actually didn't tell me the name of their ministry. They just said, hey, we're a group of, of Christians and followers of Jesus who are traveling around right now. We're all from Michigan, and we're traveling around, and we're just sharing the love of Jesus everywhere we go. And um, they said, you know, actually, we weren't supposed to be in Boise. We, we had no plan to come to Boise whatsoever, but, um, but God redirected us here. And so we came here yesterday. We don't know why we're here. Um, we know, you know, whenever they said we go to a new place, we go where people are gathered. And so this morning, because people are gathering in churches, part of our team's here, part of our team's at another church. And so we, we, we love the local church. And we love, we're so encouraged by what happened here this morning. Uh, and, we, and for us to be here and be a part of it, we're so excited. Um, they said, tonight, you know, it's the 4th of July, and there's going to be people, uh, we heard there's like, you've got this Ann Morton Park or something like that. And there's going to be people watching fireworks there, and so we're going to go there, and we're just going to do a, like a pop-up worship event, and just kind of worship and, and talk to people in the park and see who comes and, and just share the love of Jesus. And so um, it was really, like, it was really cool meeting with them. And so I was meeting with three of them. Jesse was meeting with two. And then, and then Jesse said, you know, hey, when do you leave town? And they said, well, we leave tomorrow. We're just, you know, we hadn't even planned to come here. And he said, well, before you leave, you know, would you like to come in Monday morning and, and worship and pray with us? And it, you, can, you guys can even lead us in worship. And they, they said, yeah. They checked with each other and they said, absolutely, we would love to do that. So they came in Monday morning, and, and they shared with us. And as I heard their story, I just, it reminded me so much of the, I actually said this to them. I said, well, I asked them, I said, so if you weren't coming to Boise, and there's like this whole team of you, where are you staying? Like, uh, and they said, you know what, we just kind of network, and we just asked around, and there was a friend of a friend who knew somebody in Boise, and they offered us their house. They were out of town for the week, so we just, they just gave us their house. And, uh, and, they, and I said, it's so first century. Like when I read the book of Acts and I hear about Christians going from place to place, just sharing the love of Jesus. And when they get to a new place, the church welcomes them in and, the, and gives them, you know, a place to stay. I just, I says, what you guys are doing, it sounds so first century. And you know what I loved about them? Well, I'll share that in a minute. But um, it reminded me actually of this story of Paul, one of Paul's missionary journeys. And Acts 16 tells the story of Paul's second missionary journey. And I just want to read this briefly. It says, 
They went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. This is Paul's missionary team, a small, small group. And when they had come to Mysia and attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. The Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought, out, we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. And I was just reminded of this scripture. I went and read it after talking with this, this team because it was this combination of God speaking through visions. It was a combination of, of, uh, of God redirecting people and, and people being willing to do that, saying we had a plan to go here, but if God, if you have something different for us, we'll go there. And wherever we go, we just want to share the gospel of Jesus with people. And, and so that's exactly what they did. And so we had a rich time of worship and prayer with them Monday morning. We ended up, uh, they, they led us in receiving communion together. They said, hey, we, we were going to take communion this morning. Is it a, would you like to do that with us? And, and so they led us in receiving communion. And I don't know what all that was about. In Karen's dream, that was very significant. And there was something that was, there was an impartation that happened during that. Um, as I've just reflected on it, I thought, okay, God, what was that about? And I do know a few things happened. I, I don't know the, the full extent of it. But in the same way that, that, you know, I don't know that the version of that in Acts where Luke describes, here's, you know, the, the Spirit did not allow us to go here and the Spirit did send us here. He doesn't give the details. Like, what did that look like? How did, how did the Spirit forbid them to go to one place? And then, you know, we know in the dream that God spoke, but like, what did that look like? I don't know. I, I, I didn't ask the team, what did it look like that God, you know, told you, no, go to Boise? I didn't ask them about that. So I don't know what that looked like. But I know God sent them here, and there was, a, there was a purpose for it. I know one thing that happened is there was a mutual encouragement. They were encouraged by, by what happened here, both receiving and participation. I know uh, we were encouraged by I was encouraged by it. I, I, I told my wife, I said, you know, they remind me of, like, the Jesus people from the, the 70s. Like they, because, so you look at that picture, they were just normal people. They weren't, they weren't weird. They weren't dressed weird. Like, you wouldn't walk down the street and be like, you know. And yet they radiated Jesus' presence. They radiated Jesus' love. And, and they, they, didn't, they weren't promoting a brand or a, a tribe or a, a religion or a church group. They didn't come and tell us about their ministry or organization. I had to ask them who they were. They didn't ask us for anything. We sent them with a, a, a little financial gift, but they never asked for it. They just came and just wanted to love people. And so, uh, so I was encouraged by that. It, it, it inspired hope in me just for another move of God. Because you know what? We're in turbulent times right now. And the last time that our world, and especially our nation, was in the kind of turbulence that we're experiencing right now, what emerged out of that was a fresh move of God that was the Jesus people. And so I just saw these young people that, I mean, they didn't look like hippies but they were being really free with their love. It's like, well, that's pretty cool. I, I suspect there's a future connection there with them. Uh, they, they do this every summer. There, there's four teams traveling around the U.S. right now out of Michigan, and this was just the team that came here. Uh, they said they'd be back next summer, and so we gave them our contact info and said, you know, connect us, and they said, we can't wait. So, you know, look for it next year sometime. But lastly... While we worshiped and prayed, they prayed a prayer. And one of their guys, Jonah, he's 22. He's their team leader. 
he prayed something, and when he prayed it, something in my spirit just jumped. And, and he prayed this. He said, he was, it was coming to the end of our time, and he said, God, as we prepare to go on, they were, they were heading to Salem, Oregon. And he said, God, as we move on from here, we just continue to give you our yes, and we know that there are people on the other side of our yes. And when he said there's people on the other side of our yes, something jumped in me, and, and God just began to speak to me in a still, small voice. It wasn't an audible voice, but I just began to sense God speaking to me about our church. And we've been giving God our yes pretty regularly. We've been saying, I mean, one of my prayers is, God, you can have an unqualified yes from me. Whatever you want to do in this time and in this place, regardless of my experiences, my expectations, my limitations, I want you to, to do everything that you want to do. Nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. It's a regular prayer. This morning, as, as Brent was leading us in, in, in prayer, he, he prayed, God, you have our yes, right? And so we've been, we've been giving God our yes. And, we, and, and what I sensed in that moment is, God, there's other people, there's people on the other side of our ask as well. And so we've been giving God our yes, and we've also been asking God. We've been saying, God, would you do it again? We've, we've had that language of God, Heavenly Father. Like we, we delight in the things that you do, you've done in the past. Would you do it again? We've got a song that we've been singing that's, that's what you did before, would you come and do once more? God of our mothers and fathers, come and do it again. And so that's an ask. And I just felt this gentle challenge from, from our Heavenly Father. It wasn't a rebuke. It wasn't a correction. But it was, it was this lean into that prayer. There's people on the other side of our yes. There's people on the other side of our ask. And if we want to see that he has, in fact, answered that prayer, that he is filling us up, he is ready to do it again. We've got to step towards the people on the other side of our ask. We've got to step towards the yes. We can't just sit in here and ask for it every Sunday. And, and, and ex- we've got to move towards people. We've got to move towards, towards people who are spiritually unconvinced, who don't know how much Jesus loves them, who don't know that he gave his life for them. We've got to move towards people. That's what the School of Kingdom Ministry is all about. Um, it's the heart of this series. This is a brief three-part three series on the kingdom of God. And we've described it as just an appetizer to kind of whet our appetites, to, to, to satisfy us to a degree, but also to prepare us for the main course, the main course being the School of Kingdom Ministry. So I invite you to come to the info meeting next Sunday and find out more about it. But the heart of that is that we would enter into a training, that we would learn how to cooperate with God, cooperate with the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus' disciples, we see them in the book of Acts operating when the Holy Spirit filled them and they were indwelled with the Holy Spirit. They began to act differently, but that was on the tail end of a three-year school of ministry they'd been in. They had been in a three-year school of kingdom ministry, school of training with Jesus himself. And so they had some models to work with. And so that's why we want to invite you to consider this school. You know, Jesus... Uh, was modeling something. We, last week, I just want to summarize or kind of recap a video or a, a video. We watched a video last week called, um, by a group called The Bible Project. This is a video called Heaven and Earth. And uh, here's, here's just a summary of the theology of this because there's a framework that this all fits within. So here's a, a framework of kingdom theology in like two minutes. First of all, um, heaven and earth, heaven being God's realm, or God space and earth being human realm, human space, uh, as we experience them right now, are separate, or as, as we experienced them prior to Jesus' arrival. So you put up that first slide, the first uh, video from the Bible Project. 
Wait for it. There it is. All right. So you got heaven or the kingdom of God or eternal life. You've got this, this God space there on the left. And then on the right, you've got the uh, human space. It's the world. It's the present age. It's the age of sin and darkness. And these things were not designed by God to, to be apart like that. They're actually designed for, for God to be with man. We see that in the book, in the Garden of Eden, when God first created mankind, God was very present on earth. But at the point of our sin and our rebellion, when we reject, our first parents rejected God's good rule, it broke it apart, and there was a separation between heaven and earth. And yet Jesus comes, and, and we, find this, we find them brought together in this overlapping space where heaven and earth are beginning to come together, and the central message of Jesus' ministry was what? The kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of God is arriving. It's coming. There's more. Jesus' message was, was that it, was, it wasn't fully here, but that it had arrived. It was near. And so we see that, that overlapping space to the cross representing Jesus' birth, his ministry, his death, his resurrection. In, in, in the wholeness of Jesus' incarnation, the kingdom of God was breaking into the human experience. But one of the things that Jesus showed is that the kingdom of God wasn't, wasn't fixed. It wasn't a geographical space. It was expanding. It was extending. And so the way they picture that in the video is, is this, these bubbles where Jesus was going out in, into the human space and saying, the kingdom of God is near. Heaven has come near. And so he would do that. He would manifest the, the goodness of the kingdom of God by meeting human needs, feeding people, uh, healing people. There was miraculous healings. There was people set free. Right? That's the kingdom of God expanding. And Jesus taught his followers to pray for a daily prayer. Basically, what Jesus lived out, he told his disciples to ask for that very thing themselves. He taught them a daily prayer, a prayer to, to pray every day that would create in them both an ask and an expectation. And the prayer was this, may your kingdom come on, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so what we see, and they, they depicted this in the video, is that um, if we could go back to the, the, uh, the Bible Project slide. This one right here. You see, that's what Jesus was wanting his disciples to do, his followers to do. He's wanting them to go out into the spaces, out from the temple, out from Jerusalem. In fact, what did Jesus say? He said, go from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the ends of the earth. He was sending them to go take the kingdom of God into other places, to ask for God to break in. The Vineyard Movement, as I alluded to a moment ago, was birthed in a time of cultural upheaval. Um, it was birthed in a time, it was, it was the, the people who became the Jesus people of, of the 70s. Um, but a key part of our heritage was a man named John Wimber. Actually, Jesse, Pastor Jesse read a, a quote from John Wimber this morning. And he was, he was uh, well, I told my daughter last night, we were driving, we were listening to the Righteous Brothers while we were driving, we were practicing. She just got her, her permit, so we were practicing. And we were listening to Righteous Brothers. I said, you know, John Wimber used to be in the Righteous Brothers. He was, he was their producer and saxophonist. But after that, he became a pastor. And one of the things that John Wimber took his church in Orange County through is they began going through the Gospels, and they began looking in the Gospels and saying, well, look, you know, Jesus did all these things. When are we going to do those things? And they began asking God, God, would you do it again? Maybe not with that exact language, but they began asking God, with these things we read about in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, would you do it again? And their story, just to summarize it very briefly, they prayed for months 
They, they would teach through the Gospels on Sunday mornings at their church. On Sunday nights, they would gather and, and have a brief time of teaching, and then they would just pray. They would just have nights of ministry and just pray, and they didn't see God do a thing for months. Maybe God was doing something, but they weren't seeing, like, miraculous signs, any wonders, like, they, they just, and it was becoming discouraging. And at one point, when, they, when, God, when they saw God do it at one point, something got released, and they began seeing the kingdom of God advancing in power into people's lives. Oftentimes, to people who didn't know Jesus, so that the, the, the miraculous thing that they experienced was a sign that God loved them. John realized pretty quickly, I listened to John, one of John's teachings this week, and John said, he said, I realized pretty quickly that it wasn't about me. In fact, in order for this to not become an egotistical thing for me, I had to give it away. He said, I, had to, I, I couldn't be the specialist where everyone would come to me so that I could heal them. He said, I, I, I didn't contain any of this. I just had to train other people. And that's why we have this heritage in the vineyard of equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. Everybody gets to play because that's the body of Christ. And John, John instilled that into the vineyard movement with these phrases like, everyone gets to play, and let's equip the saints for the work of the ministry. One of the things that, that developed over time as, as af, after that first person was healed pretty quickly, they began to see more and more healings. And they began to learn from that. How, how do we recognize what God's doing and how do we participate with him? If we are people filled with the indwelling Holy Spirit, the same power that raised Christ from the dead is at work in us. And not because we are anything, but just because of who the, the Holy Spirit is, we can learn to cooperate with him. So they begin to train people. And one of the things that is going to be covered in the School of Kingdom Ministry is, is what's called the, the Vineyard Five-Step Prayer Model. And it's not a, we're going to go through it in the School of Kingdom Ministry, it's going to be dealt with in great depth, and it's going to be an equipping. I'm just going to go over it really briefly here. So this is like the soundbite version. Again, it's the appetizer. It's not the main course. You got to come. You, you want the main course. You got to come to the next thing. But here's a here's an introduction statement about the Vineyard Five Step Prayer Model. John Wimber's healing conferences and teaching impacted thousands of Christians around the world in the 20th century. He noted once that he would receive cards or letters after someone had heard him teach that would say something to the effect of, "Well, I went home and prayed for somebody and it didn't work." And John would laugh and reply, "Well, why don't you pray for a thousand somebodies and then let's talk." Because that's what they did. That's what they did. They had to learn to, to how to cooperate with God, how to discern what God was doing and cooperate with him. The five-step prayer model is not a scientific formula. It's not a foolproof methodology or a magical incantation. Rather, it is an intentional way of praying for others from a posture of listening to the Holy Spirit that provides a track to run on for those desiring to see God move in power as they pray. While physical healing is often the focus of prayer ministry, in its essence, the five-step prayer model is a relational, interactive way of praying for others as we listen to the Holy Spirit. It's a process that begins and ends with mercy toward the person requesting prayer and that seeks both God's will and God's best for the person being prayed for. It is also relational in the sense that we are leaning heavily on our, on our intimate relationship with God as we pray for someone welcoming them to speak insights into our hearts and minds that would directly impact the person being prayed for. Vineyard churches around the world have a reputation of being places where compassionate, spirit-guided prayer ministry can be received. For us, prayer ministry can happen in a church service, in a mechanic's garage, in a hospital room, 
or even over a backyard fence. So let me share with you the five-step prayer model briefly. Okay? Um, here we go. Number one, interview. Find out their name and where it hurts. It's really helpful to pray for a person by name. And here's what can happen in a ministry moment where you realize you're about to get to pray for somebody. We can start to get anxious about, oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to say? What if they don't get healed? All kinds of questions can begin barraging our, our mind and our spirit, and we can actually be not present when they say their name. So this is just a really practical thing. When somebody says their name, listen for it and repeat it back to them. And so someone says, hey, uh, you know, so, so I, can I pray for you? Yeah, what, what's your name? Um, I'm, well, I'm Parker. Hi, Parker. So can you tell me what's going on? The, the first step is simply just finding out where's the place of pain? Where are the, what are they coming to, to ask for prayer for? Or, or what is it that they're experiencing that you're offering to pray for? So it's not a medical interview. You're not, trying, you're not a doctor. You're not trying to get the full you know, medical history. But you're just trying to find out what is going on in their lives. And, and at this point, you know, one of the things in the vineyard that John learned pretty early on is that we pray with our eyes open. Jesus prayed with his eyes open. But part of that's because we're, we're being a naturally supernatural people. We're not being spooky about it. We're just we're observing some things in the natural, and we're, and we're also being attentive to the, the indwelling Holy Spirit. So we're paying attention to the supernatural things as well. So the first step is the interview. The second step is the diagnosis, which is meaning basically why do they have this condition? And so this is where it, 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 it comes on the, on the tail of the other one. It overlaps. But the idea is just to ask more questions and be curious about where this may be coming from. In other words, what we're trying to discern is if we're praying into this with any sort of specificity, then we want to know, then, you know, what's the roots of the symptoms they're experiencing? Someone, someone may be having a physical manifestation of pain, but it may be, you know, the, we don't want just the symptoms healed. We want to go to the root issue. And so sometimes there can be other issues that are manifesting with a physical manifestation, but they could have deeper roots, like, like forgiveness, or it could be that something, you know, that they've suffered some sort of injustice that needs to be addressed as well. And so the second step is we're just asking God to give us insight into how to pray for them. There can be a whole spectrum of, of things that, that we can discern, and those are things that will all be covered in the School of the Kingdom ministry. But here's the point, is that God speaks to each one of us. And this whole thing is contingent on us listening to his voice, dialing down and paying attention to what, what might God be leading us and how to pray for this person. Okay? God speaks to each one of us. The third part is the prayer. Is what kind of prayer should I pray for this person? Oftentimes we'll ask somebody, is it okay if I put my hand on your shoulder? Or sometimes if it's, if there's, if it's appropriate to touch the place of their pain, sometimes they have a headache, you might ask if you can put your hand on their head or something along those lines. But we, we begin to pray for somebody. And in the vineyard, one of the things we'd like to do is we like to pause before we rush into prayer because we recognize it's not about the power of, of our words. It's about this participation with the Holy Spirit. And so we actually pause before we pray and say, all right, come Holy Spirit. How do you want, how do you want to minister to this person? What are, would you give me the prayers that you want to pray? How can I cooperate with you? We just kind of dial down the noise. John used to talk to us about, about it's like a radio that's just being dialed down into the right frequency so that we're not listening to all the other voices. There's so many voices, even inside of us, and we're just dialing it down and saying, okay, God, what do you want to do? So God might direct us how to pray for the person. He might give us a verse to pray over them, a story to share with them. 
but we just allow God to sort of lead that process. What I find for myself is oftentimes when I'm praying for somebody, if I, if I pause and just wait, oftentimes God doesn't give me something to begin with, but there comes a point which I realize, okay, it's time to start praying. And then as I'm praying, God begins to give me things that I hadn't cognitively thought of to pray, but, but they begin coming out. And I recognize this is a participation with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's leading this. So God might give you a verse, a story, a picture. The fourth part is the engagement. That's where we, after a, a period, we, we pause and we, and we watch. We, again, we pray with our eyes open because we're watching to see, is there something happening in their, in their natural body as they're being prayed for? Because our, our body and spirit are connected. And so oftentimes when God's doing something, it'll begin to manifest in, in ways. Sometimes people might, uh, they might start, their eye, eyelids will start fluttering. I, I see that quite often. Uh, sometimes people might start crying. Uh, there might be gentle tears. You might see just peace wash over somebody as they begin to just experience God's love for them. You might, people might shake. They might laugh. There's all kinds of ways that people might begin to, to show that, that God's doing something. We want to pay attention to that. And then we, 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 sometimes we'll ask people, we'll say, so are, are you sensing anything? Are you in you know, the, the, the thing that you're asking for prayer for, are you experiencing it currently? Because we want to find out, yeah, well, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to feel better. Jesus did this. Remember, he said to the guy that we looked at a couple weeks ago in Mark, Jesus said, um, he said, he, he prayed for him. Then he said, well, what do you, he was praying for him to see. And then he said, what do you see? And he said, well, I see people, but they look like trees walking. In other words, he'd had a partial healing. And so Jesus then prayed more. And so sometimes we do that. We pray and they say, well, yeah, the, my headache's halfway gone, but it's still there. Okay, well, let's pray a little bit longer. So prayer engagement, how are you doing? And then we, we just stop when we sense that we're done. Sometimes people will tell us they're done. They might say, it's all, I'm good, I'm healed. Or we might just sense that we're done, that we've prayed everything that God's given us to pray for them. And so we stop. And the fifth part is the aftercare and just giving some post-prayer direction. If someone's healed, we, we, we encourage them to go, go see their doctor. If they're getting treated for something, if they're on medication, we don't say, just stop your medication. We say, go check with your doctor. And, and, you know, let them walk you through that process. But we, we say, you know, we, we want them to experience God's love. And so we might give some post-prayer direction in terms of like, here's, here's some follow-up. Here's some things you can do to continue to receive prayer. So um, that is really quick. That's just a real quick overview. Um, in the, during our school, you're going to get a chance to, uh, to experience all of that unpacked in, in greater depth and, and, to, and to actually practice it as well. But what I want to say is that this is not, it's not a rigid formula that, you, you know, becomes really mechanical. As we practice it, it begins to, to come out pretty naturally. And so I actually got a chance to practice this this week. Thursday morning, I was supposed to be on my way to a meeting. I was literally, I was walking across our lobby on a way to, to meet with, uh, with pastors Jesse and Brent, and we were going to actually be finalizing some of the, the stuff for this morning and just talking about, okay, what's Sunday morning look like? We were finalizing that. And as I was walking, I got a call. It was a pastor on call. I, I, I was the pastor on call this week, which means we always have somebody that's, that's available for people to call in for prayer or something like that. And so as I was walking across the lobby, I got a call and I recognized that it, it wasn't somebody in my contacts. And so it's probably a pastor on call. And so I was like, oh, I got to meet with these guys. It's our last chance. But, you know, so I, I respond and I said, Vineyard Boy said, this is Trevor. And there was this pause and then this voice said, um, hi, do you guys have like people or 
place to go to get prayer for healing? Or do you believe in that? And I'm like, you set me up. <laughs> so I trusted that Jesse and Brent would be, would be fine without me and that they would be gracious since I, I was the one that had just set the meeting time. And I walked out in the parking lot and for the next 43 minutes, we just talked. And it began with him saying, he said, I, I, so I asked him his name. I'll, 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 we'll call him Parker this morning. Um, but he, he said, well, here's the thing. He said, I, I've had this chronic illness for six and a half years. And, um, and I, 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 because of it, I, I can't eat. Uh, I'm weak. The doctors don't, they don't know what to do about it. He said, I've been, he named how many specialists he'd been to. It's like 12 or something specialist. He said, I, and, and nobody knows why I have this or what to do about it. And, and so I'm just like, I'm desperate. He's like, I, I, I'm getting, I'm getting really, really desperate. And I could just hear it in his voice. And he said, and so I, I so that was step one. I asked his name and I asked him where the place of pain was. So then I just started asking a few more questions. And he, he began to talk, and I just let him talk. And he said, you know, one of the things I asked him, I said, so Parker, are, are you a follower of Jesus? Because it was going to help me decide how to interact with him. I said, do you, do, you, do you know Jesus? Are you a follower of Jesus? He said, yeah, I'm a Christian. He said, in fact, I've, I've been reading my Bible, and that's part of my challenge is I keep seeing these verses where, where Jesus talks about prayer and faith with such absolute terms, and I'm just not seeing it. It's like Jesus, is he, like, he makes these, these like, promises that if you just have just a little grain of faith, you can pray and it'll happen. But I'm praying and it's not happening. And so what do I do with that? And so I, pretty, I realized that there's a couple things going on here as we're talking. And just like, it's in the natural and the supernatural. It's a natural conversation. But I just realized there's more at work than just his desperation over his physical condition. He's also struggling with his relationship with God. And what do I believe about God? And does God love me? Why isn't God healing me? And so there's a couple things going on here. So after a while, I, I, I he probably talked for probably 20 minutes before I ever prayed for him. But then when I prayed for him, I, I, just, I just paused. I said, okay, let me, can I pray for you? I just waited for a minute. And as I prayed, I began to, to, God gave me some things to share with him. One was the passage we'd been in just a few weeks ago in Mark, where a lady came, she reached out and touched the, the edge of Jesus' garment. And after being struck with a condition for 12 years, in which doctors couldn't help her, and she'd spent all she had on doctors, and she was desperate, she reached out and touched him, and he healed her. And I just sensed a parallel with that. And I said, Parker, you know, there's a parallel here with, with you and this lady. You know that story? He says, yeah, I know the story. I said, you're reaching out for healing, and I believe that God has something for you. I said, I, 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 can't, I can't make anything happen, but let's, let's ask. And then, I, and then as we prayed, I, shared, I, I sensed a, a chance to share with him a story um, later as we were praying, a, a story about my wife and I and how we had been trying to have kids for three and a half years. We'd been trying to conceive, and we couldn't, we couldn't have kids. And I just shared with him the story of doctors didn't know what to do. They couldn't find anything wrong, but we weren't getting pregnant. And I was getting angry because I was a youth pastor and the kids in the youth group were getting pregnant. And, <laughs> like, and so that was discouraging on a couple levels. I told him, you know, during that time, we, we had 
lots of prayer. Every time there was an opportunity to get prayer for, for healing, we were praying that God would help us, whatever was wrong, that he would help us to conceive. And it, and it, it just didn't happen. And finally, I got to a place of desperation. And I was actually up at a, a winter camp up in McCall, and I shook my fist at God one night and was like, God, I don't get this. Like the kids in youth group were getting pregnant. We, we would, I think we'd be pretty good parents. We, we at least love each other and we want kids. So that's a good start, right? And, and I came home from, from that tantrum and found out the next week that Andrea was pregnant. Now we had lots of prayers before that. There was to chant, and, and to, why did it take that long? I don't know. But here's what I shared with Parker. I said, God's timing isn't always our timing. God has healing for you. You've reached out today. God has healing for you. I can't promise it's in this moment. And, I, and, and if it's not in this moment, I don't know why. I don't know what God might be doing that's better than, than healing you in this moment, but we can pray for healing, and we can also pray for the sustaining grace to, to be present in the moment you're in. So I got a chance to pray for him, and at the end, he just thanked me. I, I, I asked him at one point, I said, so, hey, the symptoms that you are experiencing, are, are you experiencing them presently? He said, no, I, I, I'm not right now, and so I won't really know. I said, so he didn't know if he was healed yet. And I said, well, tell you what, um, you can call this number anytime. There's always going to be a pastor on call at the other end of this number. And so you can call anytime and, and, and ask for more prayer, and we'll pray with you. And um, if, if you, in fact, discover that you're healed, I want you to call back because we'd be really encouraged to know that you got healed. And in the meantime, I just know you're always welcome to join us. Parker might be here this morning. I don't know. Um, but I, I just said, just, just know this God loves you. And, and as he hung up, there was a change in the tone of his voice. He just didn't sound as desperate. And he sound, what I knew is that he'd received love. He'd experienced God's love through our conversation. A little 43-minute conversation. I had to get diverted, just like the, the team from Michigan got diverted to Boise. I had to be willing to divert my plans, but to be present with him. And... And he, he just thanked me. He said, thank you for taking the time to pray with me and talk to me. And I was like, yeah. And I, I walked away and I just thought, thank you, God. That was the five-step prayer model. I'm going to invite Pastor Brent to come up. And um, here's the thing. So, the three of us have shared this morning, Jesse and Brent and I, we've all taken a part of the morning. We've all gone longer than we should have, which means it's right now 11.30, which is typically the time that we, we let out. And so we want to honor you in this. Like, if you need to leave, if you came today with plans and you assumed the church would be out at 11.30 like normal, uh, if you've got plans and you need to leave, we, we want to bless you in that, and, and you can leave without any sort of weirdness, Okay. And if you have kids, you can go rescue our children's ministry. But then if you do, if you don't have, if you're able to stay, would you stay in here? And we're just going to practice this. And, and Brent's going to lead us through um, a little practice in just how do we um, actually engage in five-step prayer model. Yeah, so we're going to practice this, like, like Trevor said. And so if, if you need to go this morning, God bless you. You know, we're dismissed. We're, but I really believe that God, even after last week, when, when people responded so, uh, we, we all just felt, I don't know if you felt it, I felt it in my heart, just the desire for more of God. 
And so we, we responded to God last week and just said, God, we want more of you. And so we're going to just press in just a little bit longer. We're not going to go long, but really there's, there's, we're really one of three people in the room this morning. We're, we're people that need prayer, which is real. We're people that want prayer, um, or we're people that want to pray for others, or we're people that want to witness what God's about to do. And all of those are fair places to be this morning. If you just say, hey, I'm going to sit here and see what God does, God's going to meet you there this morning. If you're somebody who says, hey, I, I just I want to pray with someone, I want to grow in this area of prayer, then, then God's going to do that. And if you're somebody that needs prayer, I want to give you um, some faith for prayer this morning. Um, Janet, would you come and share? Um, just I just felt like bringing her up this morning because we prayed with her, was it six weeks ago? Five weeks ago? Okay, and, and just, just share just quickly because I, I believe there's somebody in here that needs some faith for God to do something in your life. So, Yeah, when we had the, the sermon about the second touch, the blind man, you know what I see? Sorry. Ooh, wow, that's loud. Um, so when we had the sermon about a second touch, the blind man, um, I just felt the presence of Jesus in a just a real, real way, more than normal, and like he was physically here. And, and I thought, you know, there's never time that somebody asked him that he didn't heal him. He was right there, and I thought, okay, I'm going to ask because I have a hip issue, and um, I just needed to be healed. <laughs> Jesus knew, and I was just um, praying and praying, and I came up, and Brandon and his wife prayed for me, and um, it was healed. I mean, I was like, oh, it was hurting so bad. I was like, yeah, so praise the Lord. Um, yeah, so it was amazing, and uh, it's an ongoing thing, but can, can I just give a little tiny bit of encouragement? The thing that is going on in our church isn't just happening here. My son is also a believer, and before this happened on the 4th, God's been doing amazing things in my heart and in his heart and his church, and it's just amazing how God is just—he doesn't just move right here. He, anyway. That's my thank you for letting me That's talk. good. Come on. That's good. Yeah. You know, in my family, we like to say that God's never just doing one thing. He's doing a bunch of different things all at the same time. And you know that or that testimony is not because, you know, Kate and I did anything special. We just were up here to pray. And we just followed this model and we just said, God, would you touch and heal this hip in Jesus' name? And God did just that. And so God is doing that here in the room. He wants to do that here in the room this morning. He wants to do that at home, right where you are. He wants to do that in your hospital room or wherever you are this morning. Um, and so if, if you're online joining us and you need prayer for any reason, I want you just to type right into your chat box what you need prayer for. And there are, there's a team ready to, to meet with you and pray directly with you. And so if there's anything you need prayer for, you're not left out just because you're online. Um, God wants to meet with you right where you are as well. And so this morning, here's what we're going to do. If you would like prayer here in the room this morning, and you want somebody just to pray with you and agree with you in prayer, just like we did uh, with just, just a few weeks back uh, to pray for that hip and see God heal. Um, if you need prayer, I want you to, if you're able to, will you just stand right where you are? I know I'm putting you on the spot, but this, you know, if you need prayer, 
be on the spot, okay? <laughs> just be like, hey, that's me. I, I need that. If you need prayer for any reason, yeah, we want to pray with you. So if you're able to, stand up right where you are. If you're not able to stand up, would you just raise up one hand and say, that's me. I need prayer. Okay, now there's a prayer team and there's anybody else here in the room. This is everybody gets to play kind of moment. If when, when Pastor Trevor presented the five-step prayer model this morning, you were thinking, hey, I want to do that. I want to see God do amazing things through my life. I want to pray for people. I want to see people be healed. I want to see people be set free. And you need, and and you're saying, hey, I want to grow in this area of prayer. I want you to look around at somebody that's standing up or has their hand up. And we're going to go, we're going to put the five-step prayer model up on the screen. And we're just going to practice this right now. Okay, we're going to practice this right now. We're going to do that. So there's also some words for prayer we're going to put up on the screen as well, uh, just really quickly. And so if that's you, we want to pray for you, for any of these things that, that, that's going on with you. Um, in your right foot uh, or an infected insect bite, those are things specifically that our prayer team heard for, that you need prayer for this morning. If you need those things, we want to meet with you and, and pray with you. Also, if you, um, we're, we're also sensing this morning that if you want prayer for specifically that area of, um, of struggling to conceive, and you want prayer for that, we want to believe with you for prayer and prayer this morning and faith this morning. So if you need prayer for any reason, stand up where you are, raise your hand where you are. And then if you want to, if you're saying, hey, I want to go practice this thing, why don't you go and move towards somebody, maybe grab a friend and be like, hey, let's go pray for this, this person. Why don't you go pray with someone and see God do something awesome this morning. We're just going to stay in this moment if that's okay and see what God does. Amen. So stay standing, stay with your hand up. If no one's there to pray with you yet, we want to pray with you. We want to believe with you. So just stay right where you are and we're going to join you in prayer this morning. walking right through this prayer model we're just going to walk right through this obviously ask their name ask what's going on what can what is the condition and then just then we're going to step into prayer and say lord holy spirit would you come show me how to pray they're going to say hey how are you doing right now Let's hear from God together and see God do things in people's hearts and lives. Thanks for listening. To respond or receive prayer after the live stream closes, please email prayer at vineyardboise.org. And if possible, include your phone number. We'd love to get in touch with you. Thanks.